Hello, and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanziel. Chris, last week was a pretty good one for us. We had a complete week of episodes with a Tuesday and Thursday podcast for the first time in two weeks. Also, we returned to Podomatic's Top 75 Sports Podcast, coming in at 46. Back at it with the top 50 finish. When you sent me the Snapchat last week, I was I got hyped. I got real hyped. I was not expecting top 50. I was expecting top 75 again. But the top 50, no. Nah, didn't think that was realistic. It's like when you suffer a bad loss, and then you just come in and you just blow it up the next game you get a chance. Ooh, perfect segue into what we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but just real quick, we restarted the streak, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And we've now been ranked in the top 75 in 14 of the last 15 weeks. NFL, that's a great record. You win 14 out of 15 weeks, that's, you're 14-1. and one. That's great. Yeah, I guess you could say in general that anyone would be happy with that. Oh, absolutely. I also have some other news. So mm-hmm. it's fitting that this is episode number 29 of State of the Nova Nation. Because after Sunday afternoon's win, the men's basketball team dropped Virginia Cavaliers to 1-29 and 29 all-time, when going against teams that are ranked number one. Oh, that's great. What a great stat. I, <laughs> that, that is a perfect coincidence if I have ever seen one. Oh, it worked out perfectly. See, the, it was in the cosmos for us to miss two episodes in the past month. So that way we can just line it up for this. Exactly, exactly. You got to be there at the Wells Fargo Center on Sunday. Yes. What was that like? Well... What what an atmosphere, I have to say. I bought tickets at work on Friday. I, I was talking to my manager. He's like, he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. Because the tickets were 52 bucks. They were 125 as of like that Tuesday. I was like, I, I, how do you not pass this up? So I bought the tickets, drove down, picked my brother up at Bears College, aka or Sinus College. So it was a family affair at the Villanova game for the Santiago clan. Great atmosphere, tailgate a little bit. It was just good to see the students actually actively involved. Not that they usually aren't, but I feel like they were more hyped up for you than usual. I mean, obviously, big game. There was a lot of Virginia fans there, a lot. And where I was sitting, I we just, of course, have to be surrounded by a bunch of Virginia fans. So it, it actually heightened the game a little bit, at least on my end. It was just a fun game to go to. And for a January game, this is all you can ask for, a Terrible start, but you show resiliency and you show that you're really a second half team and that that Marquette game was an absolute fluke. And then you come out and guns blazing and just absolutely taking it to one of the best teams in the nation in the second half. And then just winning in classic Villanova fashion with a buzzer beater. Doesn't get any better. A new Wells Fargo record was set with 20,907 people in attendance. Largest crowd ever. Mm -hmm. And... Going back to what you said about the students being extra hyped, I feel like when you think Wells Fargo Center, it's got to be a treat. It's got to be, you know, you want a top 25 matchup or at least you're playing against a well-known team. Mm-hmm. I'll take a Syracuse there. I'll take a, a Pitt there. Even if they're not ranked or whatever, I feel like that at the Wells Fargo Center is a treat. I'm not trying to go into the Wells Fargo Center on like a Tuesday night to watch St. John's or Providence, as, as good as those yeah. teams are in the Big East. I guess we were spoiled for the first year and a half in which our Wells Fargo Center games were big-name games. They were good games. Right. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And it completely 
turned on its head and once yeah, once junior year rolled around. I think we had like a few duds against Providence there. I mean you had the Marquette on a Wednesday, I think it was last year. I mean it was just it was just a weird scheduling, but they've they've made up for it big time, especially with this game. It was this is what it was all this is what it's all about. And just to be part of the biggest college basketball crowd in Pennsylvania history is just, you know, a little cool fact that I can now share with everyone. I don't even know where to begin. With this game, there are just so many things you can just go. Like, I don't know. Right. How do you want to start this off? We can talk about that abysmal first half. We can talk about the redeeming second half. Or we can talk about Big Dante the Destroyer. The Big Ragu. I know you hate no. that nickname. No, like it's, it's terrible. It. It's terrible. And it is, it is caught on. It's caught on. No, I, it hasn't caught on in my household. But let's start, start, let's talk about the first half. Because me and you were going back and forth in the beginning of this game. And we were both like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we sitting back? Why are we playing into their game? Let's push the ball. Let's let's run and gun. But no, let's bring it up slow. Let's not move until 10 seconds left in the shot clock until we run a play. And then we get stuffed at the rim. And then they go the other way. They kill the clock. And then they'll hit a wide open three. It was just a very, very frustrating half. But my brother said to me, you're shooting 18%. You haven't hit a three all game, and you're you were only down what was it nine and a half? You would take that with that type of performance in the first half. So I guess you kind of felt good going into the second half that you were still in it. Like I never felt that we were truly out of it, but I did feel like we did have our uh, backs against the wall for a while. Yeah, that first half was definitely very frustrating. I don't know what it was. You could just tell that they just weren't they just weren't clicking. Mm-hmm. Very little poise offensively. Guys are getting stuff, bad shot takes. Guys are getting open looks and not making them. Four of 22 in the first half. Yeah. That's got to be the Ugh. worst half a Jay Wright team has ever seen in their life. Yeah, that's, that is horrific. I think that that's definitely worse than the UConn game two years ago, or three years ago now, wow, in the tournament. I was at home because I was getting ready to cover St. John's Xavier at the Garden that night, so I couldn't really – I really, I was really considering doing both, but Oof. then I thought about it. Yeah, that that would have been hell. That that scramble from Philly to New York would have been impossible. So I didn't, I didn't make it down to the Wells Fargo Center. But I was watching on TV, and I remember telling people, even with all these terrible stats, Nova was not trailing by double figures. And I always kind of felt that we were one run away, one just one run would can change everything. And I got a little nervous as the clock started to tick down, especially in the second half. You just wasn't sure if that was actually going to happen. Right. But it did. Yeah, I kept saying to my brother that it, it felt like, you know, while we're in it and I feel like we're going to get that run, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to, like, actually act on that run because Virginia holds the ball, like, the entire yeah. shot clock. And then if they get an offensive rebound, you literally you literally wasted an entire minute. That's it. The minute the minute's gone. Like you just have 19 possessions left at this rate. It's ridiculous. But I, you have to say we talked about it last episode. It was all about defense with Virginia, and you know you don't really appreciate good basketball defense until I feel like you see it in person. Because man, they double you like like nothing. They come out of nowhere on the doubles, and no one's able to pick it up. And I think that's why we were so slow in the beginning, because no one knew when the double was coming. And by the time we were able to swing into the weak side, they had already made up for it, and we couldn't get any open shots. Yeah, to the casual fan, defense is definitely boring to watch, just like in a football game. You know, you Mm -hmm. you look at a team with a good defense and no offense, you don't really appreciate it as much. I was sitting there, and I was just marveling at this defense. It is so legit. It Mm -hmm. is so good. I really wish we were more aggressive in the first half. 
because we let them get set. Look, yeah. you know why are we why are we slowing down? Why are we taking it easy? Never made sense. Down? Like I felt like we should have pushed it way more and not let them get set on defense. Right, I 100% agree with you. I was screaming it from the top of my lungs, like in section 208, the entire time. I was just like, "What are we doing? Like, move the ball!" And it seemed at the time that the only one who was intent on moving the ball was Mikael Bridges, who played a phenomenal game, by the way, and is and absolutely shut down London Perantes. I think Perantes only had what four points. It was crazy. I mean, you had you. It was the type of defensive effort that you would want to see from us because you feel that Virginia might not be, have the other guns to, you know, make up for the loss in production from their star, but they did, including your boy, Ty Jerome, who of course we single out. And of course has a big game. Yeah. We got to stop singling out random guys on the bench. Yeah. We, we got to stop. We sh- we should have a segment though, where we do single out a guy in hopes that maybe he does do bad later on. Just hopefully that, you know, we do create a jinx, but it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. The freshman point guard for UVA, played fearless he was he was not afraid he was he made a couple nice shots yeah he did and it was like there was that one off i think it was an offensive rebound or maybe it was just a loose ball and it went like right to him and he was wide open at the top of the key and was in the first half and i'm just like oh of course he's gonna be wide open after a great defensive stop and of course he's gonna hit this and he does he drains it and it wasn't until i think his second three that I realized it was the guy we singled out and I realized it was him and I was just like oh of course this is happening yeah, he's taking <laughs> some Steph Curry-esque range threes yeah oh I that's think, right yeah his first two were so far back right I completely forgot he pulled he pulled up from what like 30 feet it was crazy it was like the Jenkins shot against Miami against Miami last year he just pulled up from like out of nowhere you thought you had like one second left in the shot clock, no big deal. Get a hand in his face, and he drains it. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be that type of game, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he knew the difference between the two lines. Like, I think he felt <laughs> that the NBA line was a three point line because he was just shooting it from there the whole time. I have to agree with you there. Maybe he did. Yeah, I also thought Chris Jenkins thought that because he was abysmal until the last five minutes. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Mark I think Jenkins started the game a combined O of fourteen. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there looking at the TV in frustration because I felt they should have went with Brunson and Bridges a little bit more. I would have liked to see them take over a lot more. Those guys were really getting going throughout the game, but right. they didn't take anywhere near as many shots as those those seniors did. No, and it, and it didn't make sense. I mean, we kind of adjusted in the second half, but Jalen and Bridges were going off. And Jalen had some sick passes yesterday, too. We'll just, I just want to throw that in there because he is so good. But I, I, it didn't make sense to me why we were still going through the seniors when they were clearly having an off day. So second half, Villanova starts picking up, starts fading them out a little bit. I think one thing that I've noticed with guys who are usually the winners of the National Player of the Year award, they're like taking time bombs. And I notice this a lot, especially with a guy like Doug McDermott. You know, you, you could be happy for the first 32 minutes of the game. You could be patting – everyone could be patting themselves on the back like, oh, we held him to seven points. Like, he's not doing much. And then I know where he explodes and then just makes like four straight baskets. I got right. that vibe a little bit from Josh Hart. Yeah, he only finished with 12 points, but all those came towards the end during that comeback. And he was not missing. Him and Jenkins finished the game after that 0-14 start, finishing the game a combined four or five. Yeah, it was it was like a it was like a game of NBA Jam 
or the, the arcade game, just they were, they were on fire. So just just to keep, keep giving them the ball because they were hitting everything. It didn't matter at that point. I, I But like you said, like you kept saying one more run the entire game. I kept saying if they can just hit one shot, I feel like this will get them going. And it did. And Josh was able to figure it out. And he's like, all right, you know, they're not giving me anything inside. So might as well pop up from three when their hands are down, hand down, man down. And he popped it right in their his face, their face twice, I think. Get everyone going, and then you had Jenkins straight away, deep bomb, you know, an absolute bang of a shot, and that really got the crowd back into it. I think we were down three at that point, and it was just, you know, we were just able to keep with it from then on out. But I was, I liked the fact that Josh started shooting from the outside, but we were getting to the line a lot. We actually took 24 three throws, and Virginia only had, I think it was like only two or three. It was a small amount, and I saw on today, like on Facebook and Twitter, everyone complaining about the refs, of course. But if you look up on any knowledgeable college basketball website, Virginia's 349th in the country at shooting free throws, like at free throw attempts, at getting to the line. So it's not like this was like a referee fixed job. Like this, this is the stats say that you don't get to the line a lot, and Villanova does. Yeah, Virginia is not exactly a slash. And cash team. No. A lot of J's. Like a lot of, you know, let's move the ball around, find the open guy, or find the best shot that we can take, and let's settle for the mid-range or three-point jump shot. You don't really see a lot of guys dribble drive ISO. You don't see that at all in Tony Bennett's Cavaliers teams. So if you're not going to drive, you're not going to get fouled. You're not going to get and once. You know, any coach, anyone who's knowledgeable or any piece of knowledge of basketball knows that. Right. Yeah. The only man on Virginia who I can see capable of going one-on-one was Perantes, but he didn't have it the other day. I mean, Bridges absolutely locked them down. So they had to settle for those jump shots or else they weren't going to make anything because they weren't getting inside. The Salt, Salt Hat was in foul trouble, so they had no inside presence toward the end of the game. It was kind of comical that people were complaining. And like even the Virginia fans in our, in near us were like kind of getting frustrated with it. Like I understand you're blowing the lead and all. And like the refereeing wasn't that great on both ends, but I mean... Don't blame the game on the refs because you only shot two free throws when you guys, you know, pride yourself on defense and then gave up 72% shooting in the second half. Absolutely lights out. 13 of 18 for Villanova on the floor in that second half. Major difference from the first half. And then a perfect six for six from deep. Yeah, I think that's the most amazing stat too, considering that uh, we didn't we hit one free throw, uh, free throw, uh, three three pointer in the first half. I think it was. I don't even remember who took it. I think it was Bridges. I don't remember. So now let's fast forward to the end. Oh yes, we've Thank given you. Dante Divincenzo a lot of flack on the show. Yes, trip. we have, and we've also given him praise when we think that he's like figuring out. <laughs> you know, you know, Dante breaks out for like a sixty point game. Uh, six for seven, eight assists, and we're like, oh, he's finally figured it out. Like, this is his turnaround game. And then he'll come back and then shoot, like, 0 for seven with, like, three turnovers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, to tie the game up, it's Dante DiVincenzo versus Ty Jerome, Virginia Ball. Mm-hmm. Ty Jerome drives on Dante and gets the layup, or the, I guess it was, like, a little floater runner. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a Tony Parker-esque floater. Yeah. And that ties the game up. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, of course, Dante. Like, yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> yes, please. Just fall right on your butt as you're trying to guard a freshman. Please. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're more athletic than this dweeby-looking kid. <laughs> <laughs> Dweeby's the perfect word there. Yeah. Like, like, Ty Jerome does not look like it. I'm sorry. He just doesn't no. strike me as a guy 
who looks like he goes to the gym a lot or no. like you know he's a he's a premier athlete <laughs> no not at all he's the type of kid who you kind of bring along with your basketball squad just because you know he can hit hit deep shots and then no one yeah. takes him seriously yeah, yeah exactly like, yeah ball out for you and you're like oh so you see you don't take him seriously is what you get <laughs> Yeah, he's a guy who, like, spots up in the corner and then, like, quietly starts making his threes, and then all of a sudden the other team gets frustrated, and then they realize they need to defend him too. Yes, and then he puts everyone else on a spin cycle as he drives the hoop. <laughs> but then, on the following play... Mm. Now, we've seen this play before. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Very smart play call. They tried to do it against Marquette. Didn't work out. No. It's the ISO drive-in. Either you get fouled, you take two shots, you make the layup, or you get an and one. So basically, or you miss. So three out of four possible outcomes are in your favor. Right. Very right. smart. Very smart play. Very smart shot take. No problem with the play call. Yeah, uh, no problem at all. Uh, I, I just before we dive into this deeper, I just want to say Jay managed the end of this game perfectly. We gave him a lot of crap last week for managing the market. Marquette game the way he did, but he managed this perfectly. The two going for two for one, calling a perfect play for Jalen. I think that was the arch play as everyone's labeled it now. You know, fake the handoff at the top, cut in, uh, and then make a layup. I think Jalen kind of like faded away, but it worked out great. Left enough time on the clock to get the ball back, and then you, you can you can take over from here. Yeah, good thing you brought that up because I totally agree. I thought Jay Jay's management was on point, especially. With in such in front of such a big crowd, emotions were running high. You guys mm. were coming back. You don't, you know you don't want to you don't want to come this far only to blow it. Right, exactly. Josh Hart takes the ball, goes in, and the, he goes for the layup. Hits the rim, hits front rim, plops out. Out of nowhere, rises the flying tomato. Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Long. I didn't realize how long he was. He's got a pretty good wingspan. Not yeah, yeah. not Mikael Bridges esque, but yeah. just watching all the replays, he's got some pretty good length. Mm-hmm. And he tips it in. His hand probably touched it at like point two, mm-hmm. and then at point one, it's clanging off the rim, and then in. Madness. Absolute madness ensued. It, it, when watching the game live, it didn't feel like he got it off with like point one. I felt like he had more time. I didn't realize how close it was on the replay. See, I was speechless. I think I, <laughs> I was watching it on TV, and I'm pretty sure my mouth was my jaw was just open. My mouth was just open wide because I did not think that was possible, and not because it was Dante, but in the sense that I didn't think we had time, and I didn't even think that was good at first. I was like, no, I was like, how? Because I saw Josh go for it, and when I saw the ball clank out. I'm just staring at the timer, and now I see we're in decimal <laughs> points. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I see his figure dash in, <laughs> and then the ball plops right through. Everyone's going crazy. Everyone's mobbing him, and I'm just sitting there trying to process everything. Oh, and then the replay bad. just made it real. The replay made it real. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I was feeling, too. It was it was tough to process because you just you just didn't know. It was just such mayhem. Like I I thought he got it off in time. I thought he got his hand on the ball and was able to tip it in. But like you're like trying to celebrate, but you're not trying to sell it too hard because then you look like a damn fool if he didn't get it off in time. But it's just like oh, it's just cool to see another bus beat. 
Yeah, I'm sure live it was even harder to process. Like uh, you know, at least at home I get the I get the benefit of you get the angles. Yeah, you know, I get the commentators. I get Gus Johnson explaining it to me. Yeah, (laughs) and then you know, live you got all the pandemonium going around. Right. Yeah, you're just you're hugging everyone, high fiving everyone in your way. It doesn't matter who. It, it, it's just a great time to be alive. Were all the Virginia fans sad? How sad? They, they were. We actually had like a lot. Like I said before, we had a lot of Virginia fans around us. Like in front of us was like a family of four or five, and like they, their kids were like pretty upset. And then like to the right of us was like a older couple, and like the guy was like you know a pretty big fan, but like he and he was like you know kind of giving the refs crap like the entire game, but he wasn't like going like hard or anything. Like he was talking to my brother and chatting him up a little bit just about like everything. So I kind of felt bad for him too, but you know everyone who was like there, there was like a farther section down by us, and they were being obnoxious the entire game. So I was happy they they got to go home sad. <laughs> I I was really surprised how many Virginia fans were because I remember just on TV. You could hear, yeah, that I was like, wow, there, you know, there must be a pretty good fraction of Virginia fans there because that that's actually pretty loud. That's louder than normal. Yeah, they they were pretty loud. I got to give them that. Even if there weren't a lot of them, like I feel like even if there weren't a lot, there would have been they, they would have been making just as much noise because they they're a loud bunch, and that's cool. That's great to see. It's about time we actually got like a fan base in Wells Fargo that's like you know respectable and not obnoxious. Wears orange, unlike someone, some other fan base that used to come to Wells Fargo and wore orange. You mean the kind that wishes they were still in the Big East? Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Now, unfortunately, Villanova did drop to number four on the Bulls this week. Mm-hmm. Went over Virginia was nice, but the committee looked under the carpet and they saw that Marquette loss. Mm-hmm. That got swept under there, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we didn't forget about this. It probably could have been a lot worse if they had lost both games. But I'm, I think we're starting to realize that, honestly, ranking is just a number. Yeah, especially nowadays. Like, everyone's just so clobbered together, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, back in the day, like, mid-2000s, it was like, you know, if you're number one, you were, like, legitimately number one. Now it's like, you flip flip a coin, who, who, who the hell knows anymore? Yeah, now, now it's Gonzaga. Gonzaga has it. And honestly, they probably won't lose it. You're playing in front of, like, 2,000 fans a night when you go to, like, Portland. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. It's so stupid. And, like, I feel like Gonzaga's the one mid-major school that's, like, granted immunity to, like, a soft schedule. Like, they've played two ranked teams. One was Iowa State, who's kind of fallen off, and the other one was Arizona. I'll give them that. That's a good win. But Wichita State, when they were, like, running the table against Indiana State and the likes of whatever the hell is in their conference, they were like, oh, maybe they are number one. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they are. And then they were eventually put into number one. You know, good for them. But Gonzaga, the, the instant anyone loses and they're undefeated, they get shot up so quick, it's unbelievable. Literally only them. I hate it. Not that I hate them, but I hate how they're treated. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even think I know what conference they're in, to be honest. Isn't it the whack? That's what I thought at first, but I'm also not 100% sure because there are like 30 conferences. That's true. Uh, and I do know that Wichita State is in Missouri Valley. Right, yeah, that's true. But Baylor's too. What do you think of that? I, I, don't, I don't know how I think about that. I, I, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan, especially after they got trounced 
literally a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, I think the only time number one really does matter, or two, is in March when it comes to your seating. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't think that they will be standing at number two by the time we get to that point. Right. Well, hey, you, we'll, we'll find out sooner rather than later because you got that show, and we'll see how much these ratings mean. Right. Yeah, true. And and who knows? I mean, they might put Villanova as a three seed in, like, California. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what they got up there still even now? Yeah, Villanova number two in the polls, number three seed in the West. <laughs> Can't let's, wait for that day. Let's see what the spinner has in store for them. <laughs> God. That and then they sense. have, like, a monkey playing Twister. So then first they got to spin the thing, and then whatever spot the monkey touches is your seating <laughs> and your location. <laughs> what if they just had monkeys in the back just throwing their crap against the wall and wherever it hit is where everyone goes? That that can also be, honestly, based on how last year looked at, that's p- probably plausible. Yeah, you assign a monkey to each team, there you go. You're throwing... <laughs> Your crap at the bracket. That's it's where you go. Louisville, and they had the goat races between Villanova and Kansas. <laughs> That's funny. And it's like a, a big tradition over there. <laughs> oh, God, the South. You gotta love it. <laughs> Sadly, Villanova's goat got destroyed, but thankfully that didn't reflect the actual game that ensued a couple hours after. Right. That's because Arch is the goat. Isn't that right, Eugene? No, it's because we chose to eat our chicken sandwiches before the stroke of midnight. Right. So next up for the Wildcats is a trip to the Dunkin' Donuts Arena to take on the Providence Friars. The two teams played not too long ago. You were there for that game, too. Oh, yeah. Squaring <laughs> off on January 21, where Villanova won 78-68 to at the Wells Fargo Center. Who do you got in this rematch? I got Nova, and it's this is going to be a tough game, though. The Dunk is always a house of horrors for Jay. Not so much as, as of recent years. I mean, we were talking about it off air before. Uh, we haven't lost there since our freshman year. So that's what, four years ago now? So, I mean, it's been a while. So you guess you can make the argument that Providence is due, kind of like Marquette. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see it. Providence got that big win over a red-hot Marquette, which is pretty scary to me. Why? Also- because Marquette sucks or because Providence might be good? Uh, in the sense that Marquette was red-hot after beating Creighton. And then Villanova, mm-hmm. and Providence. In in the history of Providence, they had never won at the BMO Harris Center, ever. What? what? And they went in there on the road, and they came out with a win, and they just deflated the entire Golden Eagle bandwagon. Oh my God! I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's absurd. I know they had that crazy game last year. It was I think it was double overtime. I mean, Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel couldn't even beat Henry Ellison and a bunch of Jamokes, but here, here we got <laughs> Cart, Cartwright and crew beating a team that just beat the top two of the top three teams in the Big East. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. Now we have the guys who last year were giving Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel Gatorades and their their spot on the chairs. Now they are actually going out there and playing. Yeah, that's absurd. So, who do you have in this one? Uh. I'm a little worried about this one, and I kind of had this feeling last game at the Wells Fargo Center. I know you thought it was a little absurd, mm-hmm. but I just there was something about the resilience of Providence. Like they kept coming back, but Villanova responded efficiently and effectively by squashing whatever run they were going to come on. Right. But as we've stated, 
the dunk is a very dangerous place for Jay Wright. Historically, he does not do so hot over there. But in the last three times he's gone there, it's gone pretty well. I think Villanova will win this one, but do not be surprised if this is like a four-point game. Right. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of how I felt going into the Marquette game. <laughs> which, is, which is strange because I know last year I was really worried about this game at the dunk. Oh, last then, year I thought they were going to lose. Yeah, and then you had Dell Reynolds drop like a career game, and then they just destroyed Chris Dunn and Ben Benzel. Yeah, I mean that was. I think that was the game where this where that team truly realized what they're capable of because you had Chef on the concussion, and I, didn't we just come off a loss? I think I don't. Rem- I think we came off a loss before that game, so we were able to really you know take over and actually destroy a good Providence team in their own building. And I think they realized, hey, maybe we got something here. We'll certainly keep an eye on that. Tip-off is Wednesday, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Will you be watching? Of course. Will you be watching? I will be watching, too. That's nice. While we prepare for Thursday's podcast. Oh, just just a quick question before we switch topics here. Have you ever witnessed a buzzer beater live? A buzzer beater live. Because I was just thinking about this right now. I don't think I had before that. I'm trying to think. I am trying to think. It could be high school. I don't know. I mean, you've been to a lot of high school games. I'm even trying to think of high school, too, to be honest. I mean, I, obviously, I've seen the buzzer beaters before, like, halftime or, or quarter ending. But I'm trying yeah. to think of to win the game. To win the game, yeah. Chris Jenkins' shot doesn't count because I wasn't at Houston. No, you weren't. Oh, uh, man. I don't think I've ever won this one before that. I guess the closest thing to it was Arch's corner three against Syracuse. Yeah. In the 2012-2013 season to force overtime. Mm-hmm. But that was just for a tie. Yeah, that was the yeah. For the win, I I guess I haven't. No. That's crazy to think about because you think that b- basketball buzzer beaters occur more often than they do, but in reality they, they really don't. <laughs> yeah, and or when they do, you're you're watching it on TV or afterwards. Right. right. Exactly. Ever there. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. Man. Not even so the funny. basketball games I've played in, I honestly do not think I have seen a buzzer beater live. Wow. That's hilarious considering how much basketball you've watched. Yeah, and cover too, right? Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going for there. You now you now beat me in that department one to zero. Woohoo. Yeah, that's kinda of like kinda of like caddying for me. I have never I've caddied for eight years. I have never seen a hole in one. My one my middle brother caddied for two weeks and he saw two. I guess it's just about being at the right place at the right time. Right place, right time. It's all it's all what it's about. So we'll keep an eye on that Providence game. But we're gonna transition from the court to the gridiron. I know you said you weren't gonna watch the senior bowl, but did you happen to cop some highlights? Uh whoops. <laughs> Chris did not do his homework for the show. Then again, we actually do not prepare for the show. It's all it's all it's all off the cuff. Everything's alive. We don't have any outlines. We don't have notes. We don't have producers. There's just nothing. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, nothing and like it. <laughs> just, just a boy. <laughs> We're just two boys. What a, what a, it's a mics. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me fill you in on the spark notes. Okay, sure. Tano Capasio. We've, mm-hmm. we've been watching him all throughout this week. Everyone's been hyping him up. He's been doing well in practice. Was he a big boy or a little boy? Oh, he was big. It translated 
very much so into the actual senior bowl game. Swerve. Give me some stats. In his appearances, obviously, the rotating guys in and out. It's like the Pro Bowl, blah, blah, blah. But unlike the Pro Bowl, they actually try because they know that there is an important audience of NFL scouts who can, and their performance can easily cost them or make them thousands, if not millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. That that is very true. Well, big man number 92 from Villanova, and I still don't think anyone knows how to pronounce his name correctly, outside of Andy Talley, Coach Ferrante, and the Villanova football program. He finished with one and a half tackles for loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. Ooh. And his sack was on Pitt quarterback Nate Peterman, who ah, coincidentally a- he got to face to start his senior season. Yeah, that's yeah. I was about to say that's payback. Yeah, we yeah we didn't win that game, but he got him in the senior bowl. So he's slated as a third and fourth round pick going into the senior bowl. Maybe this doesn't gravely impact his draft stock now. But you got to imagine more people will be taking notice after this week, and especially as we move forward and closer to the draft, right? Oh, absolutely. This is this is got he's got to be the MVP of the Senior Bowl between all the recognition he's gotten and now the actual performance from what you're telling me. I mean that that's pretty cool. I mean you you might bump him up to second third round grade, and for someone coming out of Villanova to be second or third round pick, that's pretty damn impressive. What's nice, too, is that the draft is actually in Philly this year. I, I did not know that until the other day. Oh, that's right. They, they move it around now. It's so stupid. I wish they actually kept it in New York because I would like to go just one year just to laugh at the Jets. But it, this, hey, I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah, we'll have probably have a good amount of Villanova kids down there. But, yeah, I do wish it was still in New York. That would have been great to go to. Yeah, or they could have had it in Philly last year and we all could have gone. Oh, yeah, that also would have been great. Yeah, but, of course, no. Yeah, of course not. That'd be too easy. No, of course. So, the draft is in late April. We'll be keeping a real close eye on him. We'll have the updates on him. He has the chance to become the first Villanovan to be drafted since 2011, which on paper, it doesn't seem so long ago. But for a non-football school like Villanova, and then you factor in how some of these other schools – they just pump guys out, like two, three guys out every year, and they're going, mm-hmm. they're getting drafted to the NFL. All right. So that just makes it a little more special. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be rooting them on. Maybe, maybe we'll actually get a Villanova contingent there at the draft. I mean, that would be, that would be something. I know Dang. that they, I know that they said that he's been talking to the Giants a little bit, and I will be flat out honest. If he gets drafted by the Giants, I am going to go buy myself his jersey. Yeah, I was about to say, you just, just go get the jersey now. Or, or the, the shirt jersey, whatever they call those. Oh, there's the others, yeah, the tees. Go for the jersey, come on. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say I'll go for the jersey, and then I'll see the price tag, like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know about this. And then I'll see a $30 T-shirt with his name on the back and the number, and I'm like, all right, this this will do. Yeah, this that's true. Do. Oh, come on. Those, those custom jerseys can't be that much, because I'm sure they're not going to pump him out immediately after he gets drafted, right? Oh, Maybe you'd be surprised do. what they've done. Oh, I know. oh nfl so i want to take a real quick break from villanova and i want to share this little tidbit of news with you Mm -hmm. now there's a professional basketball game being played in new zealand and their league is called the nbl okay kind of like the nfl kind of like the nba i guess they combined the two and they came up with the nbl all right akil mitchell he's an american import that actually played for the university of virginia 
Okay. So I guess it's just perfect timing that this news kind of recently surfaced. Mm-hmm. And he now plays for the New Zealand Breakers. He went up for a rebound. And as he came down, his eye was dislodged. Yeah, I saw the video. I saw this video. Oh. Oof. What, what, what would you do if your eye popped out? Oh, I, I don't know what I would do. Oh, God. That's just that's just terrifying to think about. That's just oh, oh man, that's like hor- it, it was like horror movie esque. Now I I just started playing basketball again, and I've thought of all the possible re injuries I can take and get. But now I'm starting to consider after watching that video buying myself a pair of Rex specs because I would not. I would be. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I. I would freak out. I would scream. I'd panic. I ever it would be everyone staring at me like. And I'd be there thinking, what's wrong? What's up? And everyone just has this look of horror on their face. Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. He almost looked like the like the bodies that are like placed in like the body exhibits. It's like when you're like modeling something for like for like teaching purposes. Like that's what that's what he looked like. I, I don't know. It was just yeah, a very an anatomy class for med yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, oh, this is where this part of the eye goes to in the brain. You're like, oh, <laughs> shouldn't that shouldn't be exposed right now? Should it be? <sighs> Mitchell said, "Quote: I could still see out of the eye, even though it was kind of out of the side of my face. It was a weird sensation. That's freaky. That's just freaky. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I, 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 I can't even either." Jesus. Wow. That's a pretty relaxed quote, too, by the way, for someone who just had his eye poked out. Oh, yeah, and he was even tweeting about it, making jokes on Twitter after he went to the hospital. I I would not want to do that. I would be so freaked out. I don't even think I can look at rebounding the same anymore. I mean, every time you go off for a rebound, you're going to be, like, covering your face. Your hands are just going to be covering your face the entire time. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's gonna be—he's gonna be wearing the LeBron mask for like the next like few months, or he just wears an eye patch. Oh, Patchy the pirate! <laughs> he looks like a pirate. <laughs> I mean, that's a great way to get a new nickname going for you. Now, this next part gave me the heebie-jeebies. It gave me chill. I was—I was a little uneasy reading this part. Okay. But he also said, "Quote: With the palm of my hand, I felt my eyeball on the side of my face." And uh, that was when I knew this was worse than I thought it was. Uh, End quote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. There, there is nothing like that moment of realization. Like you, when you know you're hurt and you know something's wrong, but then you either look at the damages or you actually feel the damages and then you have that that moment where you kind of want to crap your pants. <laughs> it's that moment where you just realize everything is wrong mm-hmm. and you start to panic. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really speak for that because I'd say the closest I have ever gotten to that was like when I would go up for a layup or something and then I get really fouled pretty hard and then I get up and I think nothing's wrong. And then my leg is like covered in blood, but like I never feel it. Then never in my wildest dreams would I think my eye would be coming out of my head, just flopping around in the free wind. No big deal. Oh my God. 
That yeah, that's and I'm pretty sure touching it was not a good idea. I feel like that's something you should yeah you shouldn't have tried to do. Yeah, I feel like you can cause some even more permanent damage if that were to happen. All right, quick question though, because it just made me think of this. Have you ever played Star Fox sixty four? Yes. Do you did you ever play? Did you get to the final boss with Andros and he was the brain? Yes. His eyes were floating around. I it was kind of like that. Wow, that's a real that's a real blast from the past. Oh yeah, if I never any, beat that game, but I remember liking that game when I was a kid. Oh, it is by far my favorite game on the N64. If anyone ever wants to play an N64 game, go for it, and you'll find out what I'm talking about if you get to the real Andros. But my point is, it's just creepy, and I don't want to. I don't like thinking about it. Now, I'm gonna bring up something else that this made me think of. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it back to Villanova. I'm gonna tie it back to the blue and white. I know where you're going with this. Oh, it's a moment that a lot of people try to forget happened because it was very bizarre and scary and all these other emotions all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But we're approaching the 11th anniversary of said event. And this happened, something like this has happened before in Nova history. At the 2006 Big East tournament, Nova was playing Pitt in the quarterfinals. Alan Ray, Villanova zone, and the Panthers call Krauser. Both dove and fought for a loose ball. Krauser's hand actually dislodged Ray's eyeball, and that caused a freak moment, and he was rushed to the hospital. I, I, I saw that video long before when I was writing about this other piece, mm-hmm. but it just made me really... I can't even imagine that. Like, I don't even know how you can do that. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. I don't... I just don't... I don't understand. Yeah, I'm literally rocking back and forth just thinking about that moment, because I, I, I saw that live, and as oh a, wee, as a wee lad, cool. as a wee lad, you don't really fully grasp it and and then you see it on the replay and you're like oh mom that's that's not supposed to happen right <laughs> like please help me please someone explain to me what just happened to this man but I, I, I don't remember was I'm pretty sure he was out for the rest of the game I mean he obviously came back for the tournament but I think it was more of an illusion than it was actually of his eye actually getting like picked out because I think his I think just something got pushed back like his eyelid got pushed back far enough where it looked like it popped out but it didn't i think it kind of just stayed in place and then he just had to get his like eyelid fixed and then he was fine i don't remember it, if no, i'm 100 sure it, it did pop out oh it did uh, according to father rob hagan oh he was a witness because he was in the ambulance they rushed him to the hospital directly after that i mean i don't blame them i would hope oh. that they would rush him to the hospital after that yeah and he said it popped out, but it did not look as bad as what happened to Akil Mitchell. Definitely still is scary. Right. Yeah. But Akil Mitchell, that was wow. That was that yeah. was a whole nother level. Yeah, that's a whole nother level for sure. And it kind of sucked for Alan Ray because uh yeah, that was I think I'm pretty sure they lost that game. Thankfully though, both Alan Ray and Akil Mitchell are okay. They mm. both got their eyeballs seated back into place. Alan Ray went to the NBA for a little bit. And then he went to go play overseas. And Akil Mitchell is making jokes on Twitter about it. And he said he's perfectly okay and that everything's fine. Surprisingly and miraculously. Mm. Yeah. I think Akil Mitchell's just going to have to turn into Horace Grant for a bit and just uh, rent out some Rex Specs for a little bit. Yeah. You know, honestly, let's let's just go back to Villanova Sports. My breakfast <laughs> is really sitting well right now in my stomach. And I feel like the more we dangle on this, I, I oh man, it's Dang, real. dangle really dangle. Oh, I 
Word choice, word choice, word come choice. On, come on, come on. You just said you're, you're going to upchuck everything you just ate this morning. You're throwing out the word dangle. Yeah. So, in other news, mm. where freak accidents like these don't happen, <laughs> men's and women's track competed in the Villanova Open this past weekend. The men's team finished in second, while the women's team finished in seventh. You'd like to win your own event, even though it's in New York, right? Uh, yeah, when you're the namesake of it, you should probably win it. But, I mean, they did all right. Second and seventh, eh, you'll take it. Yeah, I'm sure they're just like, oh, is it the Big East Championships yet? Nope. Yeah. All right, no, wake, me up. wake me up when it's March. <laughs> yeah, they're just going through the motions, like the Miami Heat when they had LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosh. The regular season doesn't mean crap. Oh, we got another meet next week? Uh, who, who cares about this one? Who cares? We'll just run at half pace, come in second, and uh, we'll all yuck it up over dinner later. But I do have a shred of good news from the track scene. The women's track team also competed in the Columbia East-West Challenge over the weekend. And junior runner Siofra Clary Butner broke her own school record in the indoor 800 meter, finishing in 202.97, beating her old record by just under one full second. She set that mark when she was just a sophomore. Last February. Ah, so by this rate, she will finish at two oh one ninety seven next year as a senior. Yep, Second better. Yeah, as a pure mathematics guy, I would say that uh, that's exactly how it should go, at least projected wise. Mm-hmm. So, Just like when a baseball player hits three home runs in the first game, and he's projected to hit at least like <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, small sample sizes are fun. Women's basketball had its five-game win streak broken by Georgetown. They beat the Hoyas pretty easily at home, but this time around on the road, they fell 54-49 to to their rivals. Yeah, we, uh, well, mainly me, or maybe both of us, I don't, I don't remember, but we both picked Nova for this, and I, I was actually pretty confident with this one. But it was a poor shooting night. Uh, Alex Lewin led the way with 11 points. But the team, they were sleeping in the streets that night. Shot 34% from the field and 25% from deep. And they actually did get to the free throw line, but didn't do so hot from the line. 8 of 18. Recipe for disaster. Probably should have beaten Georgetown considering that performance and you only lost by 5. Yeah, I, I did pick Nova to beat Georgetown. They beat them pretty easily. So I just kind of figured they'll probably do it again. Yeah. But 8 of 18 from the free throw line is uh, no bueno. No bueno for sure. Lastly, Darby Goodwin. We've we've given her a few shout-outs on the show. We we had her come on. We got to interview her last year. Darby. She was breaking some records last year. Still breaking some records this year. And she broke a couple more last weekend. She set two new records at the Pavilion in the women's swim team's victory over West Virginia. First, she set a new record in the 200 IM, touching the wall at 205.38. Then she broke a record in the 100-meter backstroke, finishing in 55.47 seconds. Man, man she's, she's pretty good. <laughs> you can't just – that's all you really can say. You can just marvel in, like, how many records she breaks. Like, I feel like every podcast we're just going to just say she broke a new record. It's, this is absurd. Yeah, she's like Villanova's own Kitty Ledecky or like Missy Franklin. Oh, right. Man, that's – man, the Olympics were a while ago. God. It feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> last summer, but it does feel that way. I know. You bring up those names, and it's like, wow, that was back in August. And 
it doesn't like you said it doesn't feel like a while ago but well that's all the time we have for today thank you so much for listening and subscribing to state of the nova nation whether you do so on itunes or on podomatic remember it's free so why not do it also please check us out <laughs> at viewbetchwild.com for all news and updates on all things <laughs> sports Follow us on the Twitter sphere at ViewBenchMob, or you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Repay 5 And you can follow me, Chris Stanziel, at the Stansman on Twitter. I'm a much happier person this week, so give me a follow. Nova Nation, happy Tuesday. February's just around the corner. I believe there are five more weeks left of the regular season, and then we're talking Big East tournament and some big dancing. <laughs>